When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. All right, folks, welcome into the much-anticipated NFL preview show for the Corner Booth Podcast. We have a couple of new faces and one returning face. Mark Riley has away, has returned for five minutes to talk about his uh, his his man crush, Andrew Luck. And we are welcoming to the show our newest co-host and our newest member of the Corner Booth family, Savannah Dean. Savannah, how you doing? Good, how are you? We're good. Uh, Mark, buddy, we're going to start off right quick. With Andrew Luck announcing his retirement Saturday during my Hurricanes game and basically getting booed off the field by Colts fans during a preseason game. Mark, I'll just let you take the floor here because I know you're going to get emotional. So we'll just start with you. Let's just say it's pretty emotional. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be back. But this is not how I wanted to come back. This is not why I wanted to be here. Um, on Saturday, 930 at night, I think I lost a piece of me <laughs> while Andrew Luck decided to take one for himself and his own team and his own family, save his marriage, which supposedly was on the fence, and retire from NFL. I don't know what to do with myself. He was the one person I had in my corner, and now he leaves me. I don't and then Matthew Stafford is officially better. Well, if anything, if the, well, if anything, Andrew Luck did one thing. He just stopped while he was the greatest, better than Stafford, so there's no more argument. Just final. That's the way it is. All right. To um, our new listeners, basically me and Mark started this year-long argument, who's better, Stafford or Luck? Who would you rather have? And I am a team Stafford. He is team Luck. And basically it's been a going argument for the past, what, Mark, nine, ten months now? Well, the fact is that the reason why I got so frustrated – well, the, when I first heard you say that idiot – idiotic statement i was like wow this will be a quick little tell him he's wrong and then we'll get on with it nope it's just been pretty much brought up on every episode we've ever done well but, I, I know uh, it drives you insane just like when you try to tell me when somebody tries to tell me dak prescott is even in the same atmosphere as carson wentz it drives me off a rock like it drives you off a rock when i'm trying even though it's two different arguments because matthew stafford maybe our generation's brett Favre, maybe not the stats to go with it but he has the whole gunslinger mentality and the iron man like like streak since he yeah. missed his first two years, basically. But I don't know. All but I'm, we're not talking about Stafford. We're talking. I about think, right. Talk I think about Andrew Florida. Luck is just such a nice guy. He hated seeing you guys argue so much, and that's why he retired. So Mark, you drove Andrew Luck to retirement. 
Well, I don't need this sure. from you either, Kevin. I was driving home from work on Saturday, find the news out, and then I get pulled over by the cop and got a ticket. In the same 10 minutes. And <laughs> you should. Hiring for football has been the worst start of whatever part of my life. Wait, do you have to think it be on your phone? Huh? Do you have to think it be on your phone? I got a ticket for going a little uh, over the speed limit and uh, not using a turning signal. Wow. I was like, dude, like, they're just there for show. You don't actually need to use them. <laughs> and he Mark, you should have – you were probably so emotional. You should have just started crying. So in oh, whole yeah, I was I just died or some bullshit like that. I told him, I was like, he's like, where are you going in a hurry? I was like, well, Andrew Luck just retired and the Miami and uh, Florida is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. He's like, Thanks, well, there's better it. reasons to make it while you're, or there's better reasons to be safe on the road. I was like, I, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm, I'm caught in a pickle here. You taking your time slowing me down from getting home as it is. But, uh, but now, back and told him it was for an Eagles thing. He would have been like, go, I will give you an escort. No, this guy banged my window so hard. I was like, dude, just just chill out, man. Like, it's okay. Oh, it was like the cop pulled me over two weeks ago when he fucking gave me a ticket for being on my phone because I was texting you two knuckleheads. Either way, Andrew Luck, real quick, because obviously I won't let you guys get on with the rest of this. Uh, I couldn't believe how he did it. The the atom bomb was nuts. Uh, one of the craziest, like, retirements. I mean, you could say Brett Favre wins with, like, retiring three times, but um, I still I, – it was blows my mind. Still weird. I feel bad for everyone in fantasy. I saw somebody bet a thousand dollars that he would win MVP, and then that's the quickest thousand dollars you ever lose. So, um, yeah. So that's all I got on Andrew Luck. He will be missed. I will forever cherish him and all that he did for me in the NFL. Savannah, you've been quiet here. You got anything about uh, Andrew Luck retiring right now? I'm just shocked that he did it. I was not expecting it whatsoever, and I think that the way that he did it, like. The season starts in two weeks. Like, that's just like you would think that he would make that decision before preseason even started so the Colts could be a little bit more prepared. I I look at it from the sense they do have Brissett, who did put up his okay numbers for the garbage roster they had two years ago. But at the same time, I think to Tulak's credit, to go to your point about like the, the not giving the heads up with two weeks before the season, maybe in his mind up until about a week ago, he thought he might be able to come back off the injury. But I do see what you're saying though, because now the Colts are in a tr- are in trouble because now the Colts, especially in Mark's eyes, were the a- the AFC South favorite and they were a Super Bowl contender. And even I never thought that whatsoever. Basically, now it's Houston's division to lose. That's, That's why I'm literally thinking the same thing. Like they're probably going to win the division now. Well, it went from even with losing Lamar Miller, a Canes boy, so I, I pray for Lamar's recovery. But basically. I look at that whole division now, and I'm like, all right, well, now that Luck's gone, it's basically Deshaun Watson, stay healthy, and you guys win the division because Tennessee's going to blow up, and you don't know what the hell is going to come out of Jacksonville. So basically, this throws off I, – I did have the Colts, I think, going 9-7, and seven, but now – or 10-6, and six, but basically now I'm throwing them out of the wild. I'm not even thinking they're going to finish 7-9 and nine now. But that's it, basically. Next point, though, we do have to talk – a cowboy. I am going to the side of a Dallas cowboy. Folks, it is a new day today. <laughs> Troy Aikman went at the guy at Fox Sports. I'm a big Fox Sports one guy. I've tried, I've tried applying there multiple times to, you know, being a journalism major myself. But basically, Troy Aikman went at my least favorite human being at Fox Sports one, Doug Gottlieb, and smacked the living hell out of him on Twitter. If you guys don't know, I liked it on my Twitter. You can go check it out at Belly Up Jared. 
Tregman basically said to him, Doug Lavelle was like, basically tweeted out that Andrew Luck retiring because of not wanting to rehab and go through the whole process was the most millennial thing to do ever. That's the gist of it. I'll pull up the actual tweet if you guys want to really get. I, the, I got it if you need it. Yeah, Mark, I'll let you do it because you are you are now in love with Troy Aikman now because yeah. of this. Doug Gottlieb said retiring because rehabbing is quote unquote too hard is the most millennial thing ever. Hashtag Andrew Luck, which is it's not how hashtags work. But do you want me to read what Troy Aikman said too? Well, yes, I want you to read this off because okay. I love this tweet. I saw that a couple of the people that we follow on the show, a couple of our coworkers, like this, and I was all for it. Yeah, he starts off with the greatest four words of all time. That's total bullshit, Doug. What qualifies you to decide how someone should live their life? So you're on the, you're now the authority on what motivates Andrew Luck. And if it is his decisions don't fit into what you think is best for him, then you rip him up. Guess that's what keeps you employed on SF FS1. Nice. Which is crazy because I guess Fox is not like, FS1 and regular Fox don't like what Troy Aikman just shit on FS1 and he works for Fox. Well, basically, FS1 is Fox's, like, sports child. child. It's just their sports child. Because Fox has, like, five different networks, including FX and Fox News and whatever. But basically, Fox Sports 1 is their sports child. And Troy Aikman works for the big boys. Him and Joe Buck are the, the A team. As much as some people cannot stand Joe Buck, that's the a, their A squad. And Troy Aikman's part of it. So basically, Aikman just took a haymaker shot at basically a C-level radio host for FS1. If you really want me to go down the list, it's Cowherd is the top king, and then you throw in guys like Joel uh, Joel Klatt and my boy Clay Travis, and then uh, and then you throw in maybe Nick Wright and the Skip Bayless's Shannon Sharps for entertainment value. But basically, that's how it looks. Doug Gottlieb's show is there to take up space. Because I hate his takes. They're all garbage. So good for Troy Aikman here because injury, like injuries are horrible. I've been injured every day this year up until two weeks ago off little minor nick and knack injuries from work and working out, et cetera. And I'm a 24-year-old kid who just does manual labor and goes to the gym every day. Andrew Luck paid a, has made over $100 million of his career already and is on TV and scrutinized by the media constantly. It's not even – fathomable that Doug Gottlieb can come after this when basically this guy hasn't played a lick of basketball since the early 90s. So to me... His name's Doug. His name is Doug. That's why the joke is so funny. That's why when he says that's total bullshit, Doug, like the name Doug, if it was any other name, I wouldn't think it's funny, but good for Doug Gottlieb for being named Doug and being an idiot. So that's really all I got for that. I'm I'm totally... I don't think... I don't know. Can anybody, uh, can either of you two, Kev, Savannah, can you guys actually defend Doug Gottlieb here? Or, am I, or are we all. I agree with Doug Gottlieb 100%. <laughs> I do. I it. it is the most millennial thing. Being unhappy in your job, and if you have enough money, doing something that makes you happy and not staying at the same job, being miserable your entire Jesus, life. When do we switch to the Gary V podcast? That is the most millennial thing, though. Our generation is going to be the one that moves from job to job the most because we realize that it's we're going to be spending 40 plus hours a week here for most of the rest of our lives. If we're unhappy, we're going to move some to something that makes us happy. Well, He's unhappy. That's why I started this. So we all yeah. can get paid for this shit. So I don't have to work as a mover anymore. But yeah. you know, that's He's why mentally and that physically unhappy, though. I agree with the words. Well, the guy's body is shot to shit. I would, I would retire too if I was in this situation. Yeah, like we all would. 
Yeah, so I, I am defending him because Doug Gottlieb's take was just in bad taste. And he I, I don't know if he tried to make it as a joke. And I haven't heard, I don't even know if Do- Gottlieb did a show today. But basically, I get it could be f- taken as like, yeah, it is a millennial thing to do. But the way it came off, especially with how people feel bad, because Andrew Luck, the poor guy, yes, Mark, I'll give you credit. He's a generational talent when healthy, keywords there. But basically, the guy can't. And, and it's not like a one injury season. Oh, he went down two years ago and he's been, you know, he's got a couple of dings and dicks, dings and dents, whatever. He basically, it's, it's even the, before the season, we were talking about how Luck's got a calf injury, an ankle injury, suffered in OTAs. Are you kidding me? I was like, I, the poor guy can't stay healthy. So Doug Gottlieb's whole case there came off kind of in a bad taste. I think it's why people jumped on his throat. I meant I agreed with him. The words he said, not the way – I did not mean the way he said them. All right, fair enough. Savannah, what do you think? I mean, I guess – I mean, I would say the same thing. I agree with, like, the changing jobs and everything, but I just think – first of all, I don't like Troy Aikman, so <laughs> – but, but – And now it's okay, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you're talking to me and Mark. We're both Philadelphia Eagles fans, so basically we hated Troy Aikman from his existence, but we love his tweet. So we right. get we understand that point of view. Yes, I 100% agree with that. All right. Mark, do you want to stick around for the CFB Week Zero, or do you got to go? I got to get out of here, but it was it was a pleasure hopping back on. I'll hopefully be doing this more and not for terrible circumstances, such as the death of Andrew Luck's NFL career. Well, we, we oh. still expect your picks when we do uh, for, for for NFL Week 1. So Yeah, they'll be there. Well, who else, I, who else's format am I, am I going to steal off so I don't have to work as hard? <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Exactly. I would literally just copy and paste my picks on the Mark's document. Ask whoever edited it. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. All right. See you guys. See you, man. Thanks for coming on. I miss you. I love you. Also, right. this might be the actual death of Andrew Luck because OJ Simpson drafted him onto his fantasy <laughs> oh team God, right before he retired. People are making so many jokes of that. I, I can't. You know, OJ Simpson now being on Twitter just makes me so happy. Oh, it's and a I, thing. I try to avoid Twitter because I've started to learn as I've, you know, we're trying to build me and Kevin and Mark and now Savannah. I've tried to build this podcast and make it and build any with any podcast we're involved in. I've learned that Twitter is a giant clusterfuck of information and basically trying to find something. Even if you only have 150 followers or following like 160 people like I do, you basically have to search for shit unless it's been retweeted 15 times. So that's why I try to stay off of it. But O.J. Simpson on Twitter, I love it. It, it just the, – the, the comedy, thanks to Barstool retweeting, stuff like that is great. Did you see how many people, when he first got it, slid into his DMs asking him, did you do it? <laughs> I so love many it. people did that right when he joined. Well, you got to expect that with the internet, though. Oh, I, I expected it, and I still loved it. Oh, yeah. All right, basically. All right, last up on uh, what's on tap before we switch to our NFL preview. College football week zero. My Miami Hurricanes took on the Florida Gators in Orlando, and you had Hawaii and Arizona coming down to the final second. And Kevin, yes, I know I should stop swearing as much. <laughs> I'm just reminding you. I know, I know. All right, basically, I didn't really have. To, I was not in the frame of mind or like awake enough to watch the the Arizona the Arizona Hawaii game, but I watched the highlights. I'll fully cop to it right now. Basically, 
Arizona lost to Hawaii, and the last time Hawaii won a meaningful game against a Pac-12 team, I swear to God, I thought it was in middle school. I think Colt Brennan was still their quarterback. But basically came out of the final play, Kevin Sumlin's offense. Uh, they got Khalil – what's his name? Khalil Tate. Tate, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Khalil Tate, they're, they're a very extremely mobile quarterback, rolling out, trying to score, end the game, win it for Arizona, and one of their de- Hawaii's defensive line makes the stop. Game hit the over. So basically anybody who bet on the over made it big. But uh, honestly, good start for Hawaii. I love seeing their team uh, be good. I, they're also they have dopest uniforms. So you can't hate that. But now we got to talk about the real game. The highest rated college football game in three years for ESPN, which I thought was amazing. The last one was, uh, I think it was Michigan-Ohio State, and that was three years ago. I think it was Harbaugh's debut against Urban Meyer, if I'm correct. But basically – I have a couple takeaways. You guys saw on Twitter. I basically like expressed my thoughts on the game. One, Miami's offensive line was hot garbage. They had two guys who were younger than all of us playing starting left and right tackle. They had a brand new starting center, and their quarterback it was his first career start. And there's no preseason games like in the NFL or in high school. You basically start from the get go, and for a basically a week early and no experience. I was very surprised with how well Miami played against a one of the probably the best pass rushes in the SEC in the last couple of years. Now Florida's gonna suck against real comp, against teams that aren't just starting out, especially SEC teams, because Felipe Franks may be the worst Division One starting quarterback I have seen in a long time to win games. And I'm not even talking about his stupidity on the sidelines, talking to fans, chucking balls out, thinking he's like Michael Vick against the Vikings in 99. This guy, like, basically capitalized on Miami shooting himself in the foot for three quarters and is acting like he's the next Tim Tebow. The guy, that last interception, I don't know if you guys both watched the game or not, but that last interception, four minutes left, I swear to God, I was in disbelief. My sister and her boyfriend had just come home, and they were watching me sit on the couch. My jaw was just on the floor. I couldn't believe Frank's. Gave Miami a shot. And then two pass interferences later, Miami's throwing a ball at the end zone. The third one should have been called pass interference, but I'm not going to split hairs here. Basically, Miami is a team that you're talking to me in three or four weeks of playing subpar ACC competition. Yes, they're going to be a threat. But the problem is they had all these new guys in the field. They took on probably the best team they're going to play until possibly if they make it to the ACC title game. Because their schedule is garbage. It's it's cake they the best teams they play are virginia and Pitt. but i digress the game was all the game was defensive struggle missed tackles it was sloppy as hell but i enjoyed the living hell out of it even when my team lost i was like you know what miami with a retro freshman quarterback two freshman tackles and a rookie head coach just took a loaded florida team the distance and basically, if it wasn't for a couple missed tackles and a bad turn and a bad turnout and a bad um and a couple bad blocks, Miami wins that game. Oh, and it botched field goal, but we'll talk about that later. Or we won't talk about it later. Basically, Boa Baxter missed a chip shot. But that's it. That's how I look at the game. Florida is should not be even ranked in the top ten. Respect to Kevin's Crimson Tide, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan. Those are guys are real teams. This Florida team looked sloppy. They made dumb mistakes. Their offense looked anemic. Well, then again, Miami's defense was top five in the in the country last year, so that makes sense. But Felipe Franks basically was running it like Brock Osweiler on the uh, Broncos. 
or on the Texans when he got the monster contract, or even Trevor's uh, Tre- oh, wait, who's the who's the guy the Broncos drafted out of Paxton Lynch? Sorry. Um, yeah, basically he was running like those like just sloppy turnovers everywhere. One of the fumbles on the pitch, I couldn't believe how much they were turning the ball over to an anemic offense that was still finding ways to score. So that's what I got. Miami's only going to get better. I firmly believe this may be their only loss until the AC title game because they honestly proved. I thought there was going to be they were going to be worse. In the back of my head, even though I said with so much confidence last week, Kevin, that I thought there was a chance they're going to win. In the back of my head, I'm like. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Even though it was a hot take of mine that Florida was going to win. I just love busting your balls. I think it's if someone says something you disagree with, it's a hot take, even if it's the general consensus. That's not true. To the Bears fan, uh, one of David's followers who literally tried to roast me with my Hurricanes being trash from 05 to 2015, I literally said – that's a lukewarm take there, Chief, because you're right. They are trash. Basically, I don't know. I I was I was surprised how well Williams – it was the little things I saw with him, his development. Like, if you asked me who was the freshman, who was the um, upperclassman, I couldn't tell you if I didn't know any background knowledge. Franks made dumb mistakes. He had one good throw the entire game. It was that deep ball to uh, the slot receiver in the third quarter. And basically – other than a little scramble for a touchdown, he was basically trash. And Williams is running for his damn life, throwing check downs, running for first downs, sliding when he doesn't want to get hit. I was like, all these things look like pro quarterback stuff that, as a Miami fan, we haven't seen since basically Ken Dorsey was our quarterback in 2000. So that's all I got to say. I'll let you two ha- like hammer the rest of this point out before we go to our NFL preview. I think Felipe Franks has a great future as the starting catcher for the Portland Sea Dogs. <laughs> Just want to get that out there. And I think the one takeaway I had from that game was, and this isn't anything about Jaron Williams. He played great. He did the best he could. It makes me think, though, could Tate Martell's a little bit more agility, a little bit faster, could that have helped him break some of those sacks and caused a change in the outcome of the game? The problem was, and I, I looked at this, and I'll, uh, Savannah, I'll get to it in a second, but basically I did some research, and I, I was listening to Brett Romberg's podcast. It's the it's the basically Miami's official podcast, Out of the Huddle. You see him. He's always on the ESPN 30 for 30s for them. Basically, he was at, he goes to camp every day, and Tate Martell basically took the wide receiver job because Manny Diaz went up to him and said, yeah, you're going to be the third stringer, possibly fourth. Because Martell apparently just – didn't get the offense. He wasn't doing it. He was athletic as hell, but he wasn't making the reads, wasn't getting the ball downfield, wasn't making the proper adjustments on checkdowns, just like certain things even a college quarterback should do. Now, I, I texted Kevin this before because Kevin's talking about Tate Martell. We were making a joke about his girlfriend and how like even like professional podcasts are talking about her. She's got like a million followers. She's a very beautiful girl. Basically, I said to Kevin, I'm like, Tate Martell becoming a wide receiver – Extended his career because a certain team from New England loves drafting white wide receivers who run between a 4-6 and a 4-4 and have a little bit of attitude and are generally former quarterbacks of lacrosse stars. <coughs> Kevin, um, your Patriots. But yeah, I, no. I, you already mentioned them. I But see, here's the issue with the Patriots. They like drafting quarterbacks and making them wide receivers. They don't like drafting mm-hmm. wide receivers who used to be quarterbacks. So basically like no no Brad Smith, more Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, a Danny Etling. 
those kinds of guys. And I, I'm concerned about Tate Martell in extending his career because if he can't do well at the wide receiver position, he's going undrafted. If he can do well, he's going fifth or sixth round. And if he just stayed at quarterback, teams would draft him in the seventh going, well, let's see, let's try this guy out at wide receiver. And you're, but he's also, you gotta realize he's also a sophomore. He has time to go back and forth. It's not like he's like, I think he's a retro freshman or sophomore. I can't, I think he's a sophomore, but basically Tay Martell, Tay Martell basically has a lot of time to figure this out. The fact that he lost it to Nikozi Perry is a little embarrassing because Perry's decision-making on and off the field is not great, but I look through the basic lens of Martell might be a better weapon for a, for Miami because he, he runs a 4-4, and he's got he's got a lot of toughness to him. I just think his – and double passes, you want to throw in trick plays, whatever, but basically he might have found a home with Miami. They love fast receivers. Savannah, what do you think about this whole game? Did you get a chance to watch it? I did not get a chance to watch it, but watching highlights and looking things up, I'm just kind of shocked that the score was even as close as it was. I know Miami has a great defense and stuff, but Florida, honestly, I was assuming that they were honestly not going to blow them out, but close to it. I think what people forget, and I understand that take because I had a lot of people telling me that before the game and after as well. Basically, I looked at Florida and I was, and I, you know, I like following college recruiting and all that other stuff. And I, I watched basically all of all this like stuff about how Florida was, you know, they lost all these recruits. And and I, I watched one interview with Dan Mullen. I watched some rec- some video of Felipe Franks throwing football. And I'm like, what the hell am I missing here? Where is this top eight team? I mean, yes, their pass rush is disgusting. But then again, like Ole Miss, when they went like five and five a couple years ago, when they got smoked by Cavs, uh, Crimson Tide had Incandice and all these other like D1 uh, first, second, third round recruits on their, uh, draft picks on their on their D-line. And they still sucked because they had no quarterback play. Chad Kelly was the guy. But basically, I looked at, well, one, the fact that Miami had two offensive tackles and had almost 100 yards of penalty yard just shot them in the foot. I also think ESPN... As much as they just started their ACC network, I think their SEC bias when they made this poll and the coaches poll, I think there's still a little SEC slanting minus Alabama because Alabama deserves the ranking they get. But basically, once you get past Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia, I mean, Georgia, I guess, deserves it too, but like LSU, Florida, Missouri, whatever. LSU deserves it more often than not. Yeah, but LSU deserves it more than Florida. They're really just trying to make the SEC East better again. I just think Florida got way too high of a rank. I think they'll drop in the polls this week. I really think they do. Because don't be surprised Miami sneaks up into like close to the tw- like just getting votes but not getting in because I think people are going to realize like okay, Manny Diaz had nothing. He was basically starting from scratch with a with a couple of front seven starters and basically redoing the offense. And your boy from uh Alabama Kev uh, whose name escapes me, the former quarterback coach turned uh, OC for us. His offense is good. We were moving the ball until, you know, our receiver started dropping, dropped a pass and the guy got sacked and whatever. But basically, floor, I, I said this to a buddy of mine today, and I got scoffed at for a second. And I explained why. All the reasons I explained to, you, explained to you guys, basically I said Miami will finish with a better record. And, yes, Miami's schedule is easier than Florida. And I firmly believe that. Because what Florida, if they keep Felipe Franks in the starting lineup, is going to lose a lot of games to teams they should beat with that defensive personnel. 
I mean, they also Florida also has to go through a stronger conference, a much. I, am, I also said that too. The ACC is in a down year from two years ago when they basically had five teams ranked at the end of the season. But all I'm saying is that if I'm looking at this team, at Florida as a whole, their biggest problem is the guy under center. And that cocky asshole they have for a quarter for a head coach. I cannot stand Dan Mullen talking. He drives me insane. But you know, I'm not gonna I, argue against that. Uh, I, I know. I, that's why I texted you that, and you texted me a link to a dictionary because I spelled arrogant wrong. There were so many spelling mistakes in that. Kev, I was watching a football game. Leave me alone. Like, okay, background noise for new followers and our new uh, co-host. Kevin used to edit a lot of me and Mark's articles, and one time he called me an illiterate shithead over text message because I misspelled, like, 18 words. You said, God, Dan Mulan is an argent prick. Dan Mulan. (laughs) Alright, you know what? I don't don't correct hates me. I'm just going to leave it at that. That's why Florida was so bad during the game. Dan Mullen was just practicing, or Dan Mulan was practicing liberating China first. Oh my god! All right. Okay, uh, I'm gonna. I've, I've taken enough abuse on my spelling today, guys. All right, that wraps it up for uh, what's on tap now, folks. It is time for the must, much anticipated NFL preview. Now, f- guys, we're gonna keep these quick enough where we don't drag ourselves out. But you guys all have your division picks. We all have our records for each team. We'll go division by division, and then we'll quickly explain. We'll just say the records and maybe a, a sentence or two explanation why, kind of like me, Kevin with the headline game. And Savannah, we'll just try to keep it short. Like if I say, oh, New England wins the AFC uh, East at 11-4. I say Brady has a young team. He's still the GOAT, and he's still got Belichick. Nobody in that division, division can really touch them yet. That's basically the, the explanation. And if we do have a debate, we do have it. But at the same time, we want to keep time constraints so we don't drag out our listeners too long. So – Let's get rock and rolling, guys. And like I said, uh, New England 11-4, I mean 12-4, and and you guys heard why. Brady's the GOAT. They still have Belichick. They have a younger, more athletic team. They have a good receiving core with Gordon now back, Nikhil Harry, and they get Jules once he gets off of injury. No Gronk, but I still think they'll put up enough wins. I think 12-4 and because I think teams in their division are going to get better. Uh, Next up for me is the Jets. I have them going 9-7 and and getting a wild card spot because – they shut up the middle of their, their, the interior of their offensive line. They had got Le'Veon Bell, who had a year of break to let his body recover. And they just, besides wide receiver, there's not really a, a bad in corner. There's Their interior is built so well that they are not going to win games, like big games, but they're going to win enough games to get into the first round of playoffs and get knocked out. I have Miami going 5-11. and 11. They cannot figure out their their quarterback play to save their life. Um, the fact that Josh Rosen is getting ripped apart by Brian Flores and they're focusing more on the Jay-Z songs getting played at practice instead of Kenny Stills actually catching passes, it's a problem for me. And finally, Buffalo at 7-9. I love Josh Allen. I love that he's big, strong, fast, throws the ball a country mile. And I love my boy Shady, RIP to his Eagles career. And I, I just love their dinosaur, their Jurassic Park backfield with uh, Frank Gore. I just think they're going to win a couple close games, especially against – Teams like Miami and New York who are just going to struggle on the road. That's what I got. Savannah, we'll let you go next. What do you got for the AFC East? 
Uh, well, I have the Patriots going 11-5 and five just because um, I still think that they're still going to struggle at the beginning of the year. Um, they always normally go around 11-12 and 12 wins, so it's just a safe pick. Um, I do have the Jets going 7-9. and nine. I don't have them in a wild card spot. When you said that, I was honestly kind of shocked. I still – I know they have Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get them to where they want to be. All right. Um, and that I have the Bills going 4-12. and 12. I just don't think – I think their schedule is just – I don't think they're going to pull out as much as people think that they do, even though Josh Allen's in his second year. And the Finns. I'm sorry? Oh, and you, you did you say Miami's record? Oh, 5-11. I completely skipped over them. Um, Almost I equals. don't think Josh Rosen. I know Josh Rosen's probably not going to start, but him and Fitzpatrick, they're going to start strong, and then they're just going to fizzle out. I don't I, – that's how it is with Fitzpatrick on every single team that he plays on. That actually is a very fair point. Look at last year's Buccaneers. All right, next up, Mr. Kev, what do you got for the eight, your, uh, your Patriots' division? I have the Pats going 12-4. and four. I think Gronk being gone will hurt them, but they've been very good at changing their system around to match their personnel. They have a good defense this year in their run game. They have Sony Michelle and Rex James Rex. White. I think that's enough. I have the Jets going 10 and 6 actually. Wow. But wow. not not with a wild card spot. R- really? Even yeah. though that luck's gone with the Colts now. Yep. I oh, by the way, guys, I will give you I'll give you a second to amend your Colts picks, by the way, because of luck retiring. Oh, I did that. But I think Le'Veon Bell is going to give them a huge lift. Like you said, their interior defense with new draft pick Quinn Williams and C.J. Mosley, two Bama guys down the middle. And I think we're going to see Sam Darnold kind of not quite yet get up to the hype, but show why he was so hyped last year coming into the draft. And then Bills 6-10. and 10, I can see them struggling. Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, you can't have a backfield like that without them getting gassed towards the end of the year. And That's why I drafted. The, they got uh, T.J. Yeldon from uh, to kind of be like that third, like non-ancient running back. It's T.J. Yeldon though. <laughs> he's solid, but he's the kind of running back you want on your team. But he's not a guy you want to be your premier back. And I think as the season drags on, they might need him to be that. Which and, even Jacksonville showed that's just not a smart move. Yeah. Josh Allen's going to do better. He's going to do okay. Not terrible. Not great. And then I have the Dolphins going 2-14 and 14 because wow. I, I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick after week three. I don't trust Josh Rosen at all. And that team is just horrendous. Kenny Stills might be gone. They don't have any real weapons on either side of the ball. So. What about your boy Alabama's own Kenyon Drake? Okay, they have one weapon on offense. <laughs> I knew he was going <laughs> to amend that one. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, we're going to go to the north, and this is where I think we're going to start splitting hairs here. I have the Cleveland Browns going 11-5. Yes, I bit on the hype bar. I love their personnel, and I'm not just talking Baker, Beckham, and Landry. I'm talking their pass rush with Miles Garrett. I'm talking about that secondary with Denzel Ward. I love what they have built with John Dorsey over the past three seasons. Yes, they had a functioning moron with Hugh Jackson as their coach for two years. But at the same time, the Browns have a franchise quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who I love dearly. He's my second favorite QB in this league besides my boy Carson Ginger, Jesus Wentz. I love the Browns. I don't think they're going to 
make it past the second round. Like they're not going to go to the AFC title game this year because Mahomes, Brady, I, I just don't bet against those two. But basically, I love Cleveland. This is the first step in a, in the right direction for them. I think Vegas hit it right with over seven and a half wins and possibly and putting them a decent Super Bowl. I think they, they don't have good odds as maybe Philly or you know Green Bay or or even like you know Chicago. But they are going to be a good team because maybe I take it back to Green Bay and Chicago ones. But basically. Cleveland at 11-5 seems like a solid pick because the rest of that division, there's just a lot of question marks or just terrible stuff and not a lot of sure things. And as much as Cleveland may be a little unsteady at the quarterback position, everyone remembers rookie head coaches don't struggle as much as they used to. Um, Everyone remembers a certain inexperienced coach named Sean McVay. I don't know. Rookie head coach made the playoffs. Seems to ring a bell. I'm not comparing him and Freddie Kitchens, but I am saying – Kitchens could be that Cleveland version of McVay enough to get them to the place. I don't know if he's going to have the, the chutzpah to win <laughs> win a Super Bowl. They may have to get another guy in there, but basically they have the personnel to keep that going, and John Dorsey knows what he's doing there. Next up, that went a little long-winded. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers go 9-7. Big Ben, Juju, James Conner, James Washington, not a bad team but not a good enough team to really prove to me that they will make the playoffs. Uh, next up, I have Baltimore. I don't like the fact that they're basically going to run the ball with Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and uh, Alex Collins the entire season. I don't like – I get it. It's it's breaking the wheel. It's changing everything up, but I just don't trust Lamar Jackson. I loved him in college. But until he starts throwing the football, he's never going to develop as a quarterback, and the Ravens are going to be stuck in that middle-of-the-road game. Uh, last up, um, Cincinnati Bengals, three and 13 next. The Bengals are trash. There's no other explanation for it. Joe Mixon might get, get them a win because he's just that good of a running back. But Savannah, what do you got? Okay. So I have the Steelers and the Browns both going nine and seven, but I do actually have the Steelers winning the division just because, um, it's just head to head. Like, I both have them going nine and seven, seven and five in the conference. Like it's just the nitty gritty, like breakdown. You went, um, you went deep down to try to see what, which one would win at the lowest level. Right. Um, yeah, I do have the Browns in the wild card though. I do think that they're going to be able to pull that out. Uh, I'm on the train, but you know, nothing's, everything's good on paper. You just have to wait to see how they play. They did pretty good in their first two preseason games, but can't really judge preseason that much. Uh, the Ravens, I have them going 8-8. Eight eight, just um, Until Lamar Jackson can actually he, – he's not fully developed quarterback yet. He's pretty good. He stole the job from Joe Flacco, but that's doesn't say anything for his second year. And then the Bengals, I have them 5-11. I don't think that they're trash. I think Andy Dalton is still a pretty good quarterback, but they're nowhere near a double-digit win team at all. All right. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I just – I can't – there's something about Baker Mayfield. It's just – I think just – I can't get behind Big Ben. I call – I told – I said back in November that Big Ben was no longer considered an elite quarterback, and I got some ribbing for it, but Mark agreed with me. I only said it because I don't if – I'm, if I'm an Eagles fan, I go into – my Eagles are playing in Pittsburgh. I don't fear Big Ben anymore. I'm like, all right, he's there. He's going to throw a couple balls on the field. But basically, if your safety doesn't keep – it keeps his head in a swivel, as long as Antonio Brown's not catching the ball, I don't have to worry about it. But I see what you're saying. Kev, what you got? I have the Browns going 12-4. and 
and winning the division. I think last year, Baker, he had a 35.8 QBR. And I know QBR kind of sucks, but under Todd Haley, which was 31st in the league. And then with Kitchens, he had 70.1, which was ranked seventh. I think he has more weapons. Their run game is going to be incredible, especially once Kareem Hunt comes back. And I can see that kind of leading them to victory. And then their defense is solid, too. I have Pittsburgh going 10-6 and six and grabbing a wild card spot. I think that they're, they still have enough weapons. Juju's great. They have James Conner, who was drafted later because of cancer. I forget what kind exactly. But I, I think he could have been a first-round talent if he didn't have those issues in col- that issue in college. Um, I have the Ravens going 6-10. and 10. Uh, They, yeah, teams are just going to load the box on them and beat them that way. And unless that, they get a ball to Hollywood Brown, they're not really going to score many points over the top. Oh, I can see them getting the trying to shove the ball down the defense's throat, and then the defense just loads the box, and then last play of the game, Lamar Jackson drops back and just bombs a pass, somehow finds a guy, and they lose like 42-7. to seven. Uh, And then I had the Bengals going 1-15. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't trust any team that Hugh Jackson really has anything to do with. He was there at the end of last season. I think Andy Dalton's done as a starting NFL quarterback after this year. I, I agree with that. And like, now, their one win? Who did they beat? <laughs> oh, I forget. I did this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we did this a long time ago, back when we like we had we had a get NFL Network guest who was supposed to come on, but she had to push back the interview a couple weeks, and then we had a scheduling conflict with me, Savannah, and Kevin all ha- having different things on certain days. So basically, Kev did his research two weeks before we even I even thought about doing my research. Uh, against the Dolphins, week 16. I can see that. Joe Mixon just going to run all over them, break the rushing record, and that's how they're well, going to yeah, win. Yeah, basically the Dolphins' <laughs> run defense is garbage. But, you know. All right. Last but not least, we have the AFC West. I have Kansas City going 12-4 and four and snagging the number one seed. Basically, they're going to lose a couple games off shootouts. They're going to go in. They're going to, you know, it, their defense scares me if I was a Chiefs fan enough where, like, I'm like, oh, crap, we have to score, like, 50 points a game to win this game. But at the same time, Mahomes is Mahomes. They looked great even in preseason. I love Damian Williams <clears throat> as a number two back with Carlos Hyde. That's a good, It's a good combination. I mean, it's not Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, but it's a good enough solid combination where you're going to be able to run the ball when you need to. I Tyreek Hill's back, and say what you want about the guy as a person, but he is just dangerous. He is as dangerous as Deshaun Jackson during the Michael Vick years. Dangerous. Base, and then you want to throw in the be, arguably the best pass catching tight end in the league. You could either go any of the top three with Ertz, Kittle, or Travis Kelsey. But basically, Travis Kelsey, you have Connolly still. That team is just nasty. They can they're gonna and with Andy Reid under center behind the call you're literally going to just see a ton of points scored uh next up la chargers melvin gordon or not they're still going to go 10 and 6 they fill rivers they have a great defense derwin james being out for a little while is going to hurt them but i just you know i i love their secondary i love their pass rush with gordon and bosa as long as they don't run into new england they should be okay at 10 and 6 uh then you go into the teams that won't make the playoffs i changed this actually I went from the Raiders going 6-10 and 10 to the Raiders going 8-8. Eight and eight. And I have a reason for this. I love their personnel. Maybe it's because I'm watching too much Hard Knocks. I'm not sure. 
I've started actually doing a little digging on some of the guys they got. I think Antonio Brown, the Raiders, not this season's going to be a problem just because they're going to just they have such a young roster, all these drafts, all these new guys starting. But if they keep Derek Carr, if they keep Brown, and they keep and they just start building up from there when they go to Vegas. The Raiders could be a good team in two or three years when Derek Carr is a little older, even if they want to go get another quarterback, whatever. But the, the core that they have, it's not a horrible core. And with the Denver Broncos going 3-13, and 13, I could see that happening. And, yes, I have Denver Broncos going 3-13. and 13. Basically, Joe Flacco got beat up by Lamar Jackson. That's one bad for a guy who literally won Super Bowl MVP five years ago. Um Phil Lindsay's the only bright spot on that team, maybe besides uh, the wide receiver they got. I think Cortland Sutton's in Yeah, Cortland Sutton. Basically, or Jake Butt, who has maybe the great best name in, in, in the NFL, uh, <laughs> for all my amateur people out there. But basically, the Denver Broncos, Vaughn Miller or not, Bradley Chubb or not, are just not going to be able to stop, score enough points where the defense isn't going to be strong on every game. So I have the Broncos going 3-13. and 13. I just, I cannot see them beating teams. I look at every team in the roster. I'm like, I give them an eh, but half the time it's an eh, nah. So Savannah, we got for the AFC West. Um, I have the chargers going 12 and four. I have them in first place overall in the wow. in general. Um, I love this team. I absolutely am very high on this team. I love Phillip rivers. Um, even with, uh, Derwin James out and stuff like that. Melvin Gordon, I'm hoping that he's coming back. I think that they have the ability to go 12 and four. I also have the Chiefs going 12 and four. They're taking the wild, the second wild card spot. Well, first wild card, wild card spot. Um, I have uh, both the Chargers beating the Chiefs both times. I just think that really. I'm just yeah, I'm just super high on this team. I know that Patrick Mahomes is just an it was outstanding last year, but you're expecting a drop back. Yeah. I, I, I see that point. I have them splitting it because I just see, you know what, the game when they lost, when the Chiefs beat them last year with Mike Williams basically dominating the Chiefs secondary, I see right. it happening again. But this time I see the Chiefs being able to move the football because they have a running game this time. I just, I see that, you know, it's going to be a very well-fought game. I just, Kansas City, Andy Reid, I just, I cannot. It just, it's, maybe it's the, the, the film nut in me, watching way too much film, I just I can't get past it and not actually th- taking Mahomes because he's a Madden cover boy. As long as the Madden curse doesn't hit him, I don't see him losing the division. Kevin, what do you got? Oh, wait, no. Savannah, you, you didn't do Oakland or Denver. I am sorry. I went got way too excited just now. So who no, do you have for Oakland and Denver? <laughs> um, first of all, though, I'm not as scared as the Kansas City Chiefs defense as um, – I think you are. I think that people are, yes, I do think the Chiefs are going to win a bunch of games because Mahomes has a slinger and stuff like that. But I think a lot of offenses are going to be able to run over this defense more. But Oh, I no, have, I said scared as I am, like, I'm worried for the Chiefs because basically yeah. they can't stop anybody. Yeah. Oh, yes, 100%. <laughs> um, I have the Raiders going 7-9, and nine, and then I have the Broncos going 6-10. and 10. I was a little generous with that. I just think that – the Raiders have a little bit more to like, they don't have the chemistry that they probably will in two or three years where they can actually get back to the 2016 uh, record that they had. And then, yeah, Denver going six and 10. I think Joe Flacco might actually have a decent few games. All right. I'll give you that one. Kevin, now it's your turn. 
I am very torn on what I want to give the Chiefs, but I'm going to go with my my gut feeling. I think they're going to go 11 and five and win the division. Okay. I think they're going to feel the loss of Kareem Hunt. They're running it with Carlos Hyde as your premier back, and, and I know it's a passing league, but you it's tough to win games like that, especially when you can the other team can drop back nine if they want, and it still feels like that would stop the Chiefs so they can just cover everyone which is easier said than done with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But I think, and also their defense is going to lose them a lot of games. I have the Chargers also going 11 and five and taking the last wild card spot. I think they'll split the season series with the chiefs and the chiefs are just going to score so many points that they'll get the tiebreakers. Then I have the Broncos going eight and eight. I think Joe Flacco and that Denver air is just going to sling the rock all over the place it's going to be beautiful and then Raiders seven and nine better than some people probably had them before hard knocks and worse than most people have them now after hard knocks but I think if Antonio Brown's not all in as Mike Mayock says then I think they're not going to have any chance of making the playoffs all right and Denver I said Denver's gonna go eight and eight Okay, my brain is fried. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Uh, so now, quick, before we move on with Denver, I have a feeling Drew Locke will be starting for Denver by probably week 13. Um, by the way, both of you guys really didn't join the podcast. Kevin, you were kind of on and off in Savannah. You weren't even with Billy up yet. But basically for the draft podcast, I told Mark my draft ratings were the reverse of how the guys got drafted. I had, for who's going to have the best career, I had Will Greer at number one. I'm not even kidding. I love his mechanics. I love his maturity. I love it. You know, Cam Newton's going to fuck up or get hurt. I swear again, I'm sorry. And I love his steroid use. It's going to go great. <laughs> yeah, no. I have Drew Lock. I have uh, I have uh, Will Green number one, Drew Lock two. Then I have Dwayne Haskins. Then Daniel Jones. Then Kyler Murray. Actually, no. I flipped Murray and Haskins. I think Haskins is going to succeed the least. Daniel Jones, pretty close to him. Kyler Murray is going to be trash too. I think this is just a bad quarterback class, but. I love Drew Locke, especially in Denver with that low high altitude, his cannon for an arm. The guy basically has a howitzer attached to his shoulder. He's going to fit in good with John Elway. I just think that Drew, Drew, Joe uh, Flacco is a sacrificial lamb out there. Now it's time for playoffs. I have oh, the – into the South. Yeah. Basically – oh, we did – oh, we did this. Holy shit. Yeah, we – oh. No, we didn't. Wow, my, I, I even fried. said it. Oh, my God. My brain is fried. Oh, Jesus Christ. I need to stop working so much. Uh, Houston, 11-5. Basically, now Andrew Luck's gone. I might even go 12-4 and four with them. Um, they're going to lose like, a couple hiccup games out of conference, out of their division. They always do every year. But basically, as long as Watson stays healthy and Duke Johnson puts up decent numbers, they have the best receiver in the league by a country mile. Their defense, when healthy, is disgusting. I would, If they lose Clowney, it may hurt them a little bit. But basically, a healthy J.J. Watt. And left that defense, you know, they're they're gonna be good. Their offensive line is garbage, but they can keep that away with Deshaun Watson being fast as all got hell. Um, I have Jacksonville just missing the playoffs at nine and seven. Mr. Nick Foles, Philly hero himself. I actually like his situation. Yes, he doesn't have as many weapons, but Doug Marone isn't Jeff Fisher. He won't shoot Nick Foles' production in the foot. You have Leonard for that to hand the ball off to. 
I in that defense, you know what you get with Jalen Ramsey and the boys. Basically, they're going to win a couple of close games, and they're going to be right in the thick, but they're going to lose that to the Jets based off a head-to-head record or point differential or some BS like that. But basically, Jacksonville is just going to miss the playoffs, and Jacksonville is going to have a sliver of hope with their new franchise quarterback. Uh, Tennessee Titans, the ticking time bomb that is the Titans, um, they're going to go 7-9. and nine. I have a feeling Tannehill is going to get the starting job by the end of camp. I really do. That's the word. The word is Tannehill is having a better camp than Mariota, and that scares the living daylights out of me for somebody who used to love Marcus Mariota when he was at Oregon. Uh, I'm really – I don't even know what to make of this at this point. Like, I'm trying to understand in my head how this is possible. But then, then again, Tannehill went healthy with Adam Gase. was phenomenal. Not phenomenal, but he was good. So – that's terif- That's that's what I got for Tennessee. They're going to implode. Derrick Henry is going to win them four or five games because, you know, me and Kevin are the presidents of Derrick Henry's fan club. Uh, Indianapolis, I have them going 5-11 and 11 now. I had them going 10-6 and six before, 9-7 and seven before Luck went down. I think Luck's worth that many wins to them. Brissett's going to be good, but he's not going to be great. They may sneak out 6-10, and 7-9, but it's not going to be close. They're going to lose a lot of games by a lot of points. I just don't think they can score enough with Brissett. Brissett's basically the best back, one of the best backups in the NFL, but he's not even a good starter. So that's what I got. Savannah, AFC South. Well, I did have I had the Colts going ten and six, but now with Andrew Luck on, I still think the Texans. I had them at nine and seven. Maybe they'll go ten and six now, but they just have trouble containing T.Y. Hilton. Whether I feel like whether they have Andrew Luck or not, there's still probably a chance that they're going to lose one of those games against them. Um, I have the Tennessee Titans and the Jags both actually going seven and nine. I think that Josh Allen on the Jacksonville defense will do great, but I feel like Nick Foles just, he's iffy. He's on a whole new team and stuff like that. And then Marcus Mariota, he's just a little princess that just gets hurt all the time. I think Tannehill will also probably take him Um, damn, just throwing a slammer on Mariota right now. I mean, think about it. He's she just, Kevin, her. I think she does fit in pretty well with our show. She just chucked a haymaker at Mariota. That's true. <laughs> I love it. I can see the Colts winning five games. I can put them at that with Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback now. All right. <laughs> all right. You know what? You, you just impressed me and Kevin just chucking a haymaker at Mariota. But, <laughs> all right. I, I don't know. I just did the, the, the Colts are going to be I, I feel bad for Colts fans because they finally thought this is the year we're going to get Andrew Luck back in. Oh, frick, he's retiring. And, you know, he's he's that guy from SpongeBob. He, you know, he's got paper skin and glass bones. It's, it's just not even it, – it, it's it's awful. I, I feel bad for the guy because he had an elite talent at quarterback, but he just couldn't stay healthy. And also maybe I should tell certain improvising quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold – Stay in the damn pocket and throw the ball away. Carson, you're supposed to lead us to the promised land for five rings. Don't get hurt. I think Rodgers rolling out is worth it because then he can just throw a dime on the run like 40 yards downfield. Yeah, basically Rodgers may be a prick, but the guy, his accuracy on deep balls is just godly. I Like some of those Hail Mary throws, I'm just like, what? it's like Madden level stuff. But by the way, in Madden 20, by the way, guys, as our me and Kevin's good friend Sean has told us, his his um he drops like 25 points overall basically after one season. Shows how much faith Madden has in Rodgers. Um, playoffs now. Can I 
give my picks? No, you're not. You're not allowed to. You're in timeout. <laughs> For what? What did I do this time? <laughs> Existence. I'm not Kevin. You can go. I'm sorry, buddy. All right, mom. Um. Damn, man. Have... Don't put me in that category. Yeah, that's right. You drink less. I have Houston going 10 and 6. I think Deshaun Watson struggles staying healthy. I think J.J. Watt struggles staying healthy. And I think if you take those two out, I don't have faith. Well, I have faith because I love the man. Uh, I don't really have faith, though, in A.J. McCarron playing meaningful quarterback minutes in the NFL. And I don't even know who's backing up Watt. God bless Catherine Webb for keeping that boy alive. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. Just, you know what? It's fine. I'm just going to go with my Miss Alabama wife. I'm just going to go spend some time with her. And then also, I think Duke Johnson was was one of the premier backs on a 1-15 and and then 0-16 Browns team. So I don't think that's going to matter much. Oh, cool. And my thing's not – my Excel spreadsheet's not loading. Awesome. Um, and then I had – of course. I don't even remember what I had. I had the Jags going 9-7. and seven. I think that they're, they're good. They're going to miss the playoffs. I think Nick Foles will probably struggle with them a bit. And then I had the Titans going 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they're going to ride Derrick Henry, like they said. And Derrick Henry's a big boy. He can handle the punishment. And then, oh, cool, load up. Then I have the Colts going 7-9. and nine. I think their line's good enough to give Brissett time. And if you give a subpar quarterback enough time, he will hopefully make the right read in the NFL. Their defense is light years better than it has been in the past. So I can see them winning seven games isn't that ridiculous. <clears throat> All right, fair enough. I will, I will take that. I honestly will. I mean, I just I – just, that Colts team is so – luck was so good for them last year, and you'll never hear Mark, me admit this to Mark's face because I just love driving him crazy about this argument. But, yeah, basically we're pretty much all on the same page with this division. Um, all right, boys and girls, so we're going to deliver our playoffs now. So we're going to go our seeds, and then we're going to have which team beats which team. We're going to, we're going to see our conference winner. I'm going to not spoil it all. I have KC winning the conference. Kevin, don't shoot me. Um, With that defense? I just, you know what? It's, it's Boy, just one of those years. I, you know what? I, I feel like they're, Andy Reid's going to go and grab a corner at the deadline or go and grab a linebacker or something like that. It, it just it just seems like Andy Reid's MO. It always has been. Um, but they're going to lo- they're going to lose the Super Bowl title. Basically, I have the uh, Chargers taking on the the, uh, the um, what's it called? Wow, I messed it up. Okay, Chargers taking on Cleveland in the first round. I can't read my handwriting and. Cleveland wins. I have then the Jets take on Houston, and Houston wins. Houston gets beat by KC. New England beats Cleveland. New England KC in the final, and this year KC sneaks out a win. What do you guys got? Um, Savannah, you can go. I'm not ready. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, for I have C3 Texans and against the Browns. Um, I think that the Browns could definitely pull out a win against the Texans. And then Chiefs facing the Steelers. Uh, Chiefs definitely a win on that one. And then it definitely I'm definitely going to have the Chargers over the Browns, but it's hard to decide between the Chiefs and the Pats. But I, I think I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I think it's going to be a AFC West showdown for the AFC West championship against the Chargers and the Chiefs. And like I said, I'm high on the Chargers. I haven't beaten the Chiefs both times during regular season, so i got to pick the Chargers. 
Wow, I would love to see the old cowboy Philip Rivers go right off in the sunset. I kind of, I've got to clap for that one. I actually am kind of rooting for that to happen now. Seriously, Philip Rivers getting one shot at the Super Bowl. I would love to see that. I would too. I think I think he can do it. I think if he were to make it, especially if Melvin Gordon were to be in the game, I I think it's a possibility. High if possibility. They can avoid playing New England, and they can keep if Gordon plays. I could see this happening. So I will give you that. That's a very good take. I'm actually I'm kind of like listen. We all want to pick. Everyone wants to just mail it in, pick New England. But this on this show on this company, it's be bold, stand out. I had Casey, which is kind of a mail-in pick, and then Savannah just goes, I'm taking the Chargers. So basically, <laughs> she wins because Kevin's going to take New England. So, oh, you know me so well. Oh, wow. Predictable. Yeah. All right, Kev, show us your chalkboard uh, bracket. So I have the Chiefs beating Pittsburgh in the first round, and then I also have – what else I have? Shoot. And then I had the Chiefs – yeah, Chiefs beating Pittsburgh, and then – the Texans losing to the Chargers. I have Chargers upsetting them. Then I have the Pats beating the Chargers and the Chiefs beating the Browns. Then I have the Pats beating the Chiefs at Foxborough. All right. So I didn't say anything that ridiculous. No, you didn't. Honestly, I loved. I would love to see Cleveland in the AC title game. I feel like the NFL media would lose their goddamn minds and be hilarious. But I just think the Chiefs have. They've had time together. They're too explosive on offense. I can't see it happening. Yeah, I, I get you. I mean, um, so we got. I have KC. Savannah has San Diego. Uh, so well, I will still call them San Diego because I think they screwed over that city and. New England from Kevin. NFC time, boys and girls. We're gonna we're gonna try to. We have about a half hour left, so basically we're gonna try to move through this a little quicker. Um, Philadelphia, twelve and four in the NFC East. Uh, Carson Wentz, if healthy, is going to have a comeback player of the year, possible MVP runner-up level season. I just in that their secondary got revamped. They got running game with Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. Deshaun Jackson will take players out of the box, allowing Wentz, Ertz, and Aguilar, and Jeffrey to get more open passes. That offensive line is still there and healthy. They're, they're one weak spot's middle linebacker, and they went out and got Zach Brown, who's apparently tearing it up in camp. So basically, Philadelphia rolls this. Then I have Dallas at 9-7, and seven, sneaking in a wild card spot. But if Zeke – I made this pick when if Zeke as if Zeke plays – Zeke plays, they go 10-6, and 9-7. If they – and they sneak one win away from Philadelphia. If Zeke doesn't play, Dallas is going 8-8 eight and eight max because that offense is so reliant on Zeke to take guys away from Amari Cooper and off Dak Prescott. And if you tell me that I got to worry about Tony Pollard as a running back, if I'm um, certain pass rushers from Washington, New York, or Philly – I am going to be pinning my ears back and trying to drop Dak Prescott into a six-foot hole. Basically, Dak Prescott's praying that Jerry doesn't put his ego aside and pays the man. Uh, Washington's going two and fourteen. I am. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to really struggle. If you don't believe me, go watch his film against Purdue. It was atrocious. The guy's reads were as bad as Felipe Frank's on Saturday, but his team didn't win. And I just – the personnel there, there's just not a lot for me there. They overpaid Josh Norman a couple years ago. Landon Collins can't cover crap. 
He basically is a run stopper of safety. I and you know they're gonna start Case Keenum, and that should just tell you all the things you need to know. That whole like Minnesota mirage, Philadelphia cleared up all the smoke a couple years ago. We all that we've seen the film of Case Keenum, and the New York Giants are gonna go five and eleven. Saquon Barkley is going to get them at least four of those wins. And Daniel Jones, when he comes in probably week 16 or 17, will get them the last one. Basically, the Giants have no receiving core. Golden Tate got busted for a uh, trying to get his wife pregnant. Nice job, NFL. You're really knocked out of the park on those drug tests. And their defense is eh at best. I just, you know, then I'll think about the Giants. Dallas and Philly are basically going to steamroll all these teams. Savannah, NFC East. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. Pretty close on all the picks. I have the Eagles going ten and six, winning the division. Um, the Cowboys, I say nine and seven, eight and eight. Um, whether they have Zeke or not, just because um, their offensive line is good. Dak Prescott is not that good of a quarterback as people and mostly Cowboy fans make them think. Like, yeah, he won right now, Kev. in the year, but I just don't think that he had that outstanding season. And he just like you, he can't win a playoff game. He has one playoff win and three appearances like that's just ridiculous and that one playoff win basically was handed to him but right. you know exactly. I digress. yeah and then um I have Washington going seven and nine I think Case Keenum is a decent quarterback I think he could pull some strings and stuff like that and then I have the Giants going four and twelve um I don't think Eli plays the whole season I think yeah I think John Merrick kind of eases words I completely agree with you there Mr. Langley please enlighten us with your picks I have the Eagles going nine and seven. If wow. Wentz can stay healthy for a whole year, I can see them doing better, eleven and five. But I am not convinced that he can. So nine and seven. Cowboys eight and eight. R words five and eleven. And then the Giants four and twelve. I think Eli is going to start the season one and seven or something. They're going to go with Daniel Jones and he's going to finish out the year three and four. No, that's wrong. Like three and one. Yeah. No. Kevin, Kevin was an accounting major. Struggles at math. <laughs> I'm tired. Dude, I forgot to give you your picks on two different conferences. So let, uh, two different divisions. I'm shot too. I haven't even. This is a yet. great first podcast for Savannah to be on. I know, right? E- either she's gonna love this and want to stay on for the whole season, or like hate us and want to run for the hills. Um, <laughs> just leaves belly up entirely. Yeah, she's like, I can't deal with these corner booth losers. They're god awful. This is the best podcast we have besides <laughs> the racing one. I'm screwed. Um. I basically that's I I'm I'm in agreement, Kev. I think you're really underselling my Eagles a little bit. But yes, if if Josh McCown has to start a couple games for us, we will lose a couple. Um, NFC South. Here is where I really went on a reacher for my division winner. I have Atlanta going 11 and five. Huh? I really hope you're going to say the Buccaneers going 12 and four. <laughs> okay, there are so many Buccaneers fans who are making me want them to go 0 and 16. I would never do that to myself. Certain coworkers of ours in the chat who literally think they're going to go like eight and eight, nine and seven. Um, the Falcons were a good team before they essentially stepped on the field against Philly last year, and half their defense got injured within the first three quarters. Devontae Freeman's out by week four. They have Calvin Ridley, who honestly was probably the best rookie receiver last year, if not the second best. I love that roster. And I think Dan Quinn, as much as he can't coach for crap in crunch time in the playoffs, the guy knows how to win. Matty Ice is still a top 10, top 15 quarterback. In you know, American hero Julio Jones, that's a reference from me and Kevin's Madison uh, Fantasy League. 
Madden League, I mean, I'm sorry because he is a receiver on my roster, but I I love the Falcons' offense. I just I think they're going to score so many points, and you're going to hear why I'm not picking the Saints right now. The Saints go nine and seven because because they're meanies, and Jared doesn't like Alvin Kamara. <laughs> I might draft him first overall. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I I do think he's a jackass, but basically. They're so consumed with a loss on a blown call, even though they blew it twice afterwards, that basically they had multiple chances to win. Yes, the game would have been over, but then they got caught up. The emotion behind that one call, the petitions, the blat, the, the boycotts, whatever. I'm like, you guys got to focus here. When there's too much noise around a team, that team generally doesn't win games. But that's the city. It's not the team doing that stuff. It's the team, too. It's the owners. It's everything. It's it's it. They're literally the reason why we can uh, replay and throw flags on non-call pass interference. Thank you. Basically, they're the reason. They, they're, they're crying and whining. Sean Payton's petitioning during NFL meetings is the reason we have to deal with this bullshit this season. Which, by the way, don't be surprised if that rule's redacted by week five. I would not be surprised if Goodell pulled executive powers on that one. Yeah, because the refs review it and then still call it the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, also, the loss of... the loss. Oh, Sam Fan, what was your point? No, I didn't say anything. I did. Okay, I thought I heard you. Oh, my bad. Um, I think that the loss of Mark Ingram is going to kill... is going to hurt Kamara's production even though everyone's like saying oh I'm, I'm crazy he had great games without uh without Ingram I just don't see how he's going to handle being assaulted physically by a defense for 25 carries to 30 touches a game instead of the 15 to 20 he would get variously catching the ball or receiving whatever but basically and then you want to throw in the fact that Drew Brees' accuracy and touch last year dropped and his arm strength dropped like a lead balloon and for you guys want me to reiterate this, an Eagles team who almost lost to the garbage, not garbage, but overly mediocre Bears team. No, you were right the first time. <laughs> David's going to hear this. He's going to want to rip me apart. Or no, his Twitter his Twitter cult is going to attack me even more. But basically, um, they almost lost to the Eagles if Alshon Jeffrey didn't drop a pass. But honestly, that just did everyone in Philadelphia a favor because now Nick Foles is in Jacksonville. We don't have to hear about this Nick Foles, Carson Wentz idea that drove me up a wall. That's so much that I actually have to write an article. I don't write anymore, and I had to write an article about this. But they just the Saints just don't have it for me. And I went an extra minute on this, but I could, I had to say they just it, there's just too much chaos and and enough. And their defense, by the way, lucked out in so many games. Their defense isn't good. They have like five good play. They have like four good players, and the rest of them are B minus to C minus guys that are going to get exposed against good offenses. Next up, Carolina's going eight and eight. I think Cam Newton's going to get hurt or struggle. I just it. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to have to bounce back here. But b- bounce back to what? Eight and eight? Like D- yes, DJ Moore, and they have Christian McCaffrey, and their defense is okay. But I just – I've lost all hope in Cam Newton. His performance in Super Bowl 50 basically cemented his his reputation to me. Um, and he just hasn't really proved me to really have any kind of shot. And, you know, you have guys like Eric Reed or distractions. I just don't trust that team as I drop price smash my cell phone. Um, last up, Tampa Bay is going to go somewhere between 4 and 12 and 5 and 11. Uh, What's the James in-between Winston, there? 
What? What's the in between there? You said somewhere in between. Like they may have a tie. Four and a half games. They may have a tie. Okay. They may like play like another team just as bad as them record wise. And you know, I, I would I would pick a team, but the problem is ties are so unpredictable at this point in the NFL. There's always like four every year, and leave it to the Buccaneers to have a tie and go like four, eleven, and one. Basically. Bruce Arians is going to have to rebuild this roster from scratch. Jameis Winston should not be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He has the – I've said this repeatedly, and I will say this on the air. He has the he has the IQ of a potato when it comes to decision-making on and off the field, a.k.a. crab legs and Uber drivers. But basically, Jameis Winston, I watch him, it, and he's going to eat some Ws, but he's most likely going to have to shovel some Ls because basically I cannot – now that Deshaun Jackson has gone and now you take away – you know, all the, you know, I just, he threw, he would stare down two receivers. Mike Evans is going to dominate in fantasy like he always does because James Winston stares him down. They lost their slot receiver in Humphreys. Yes, OJ Howard is a great tight end, but I don't really see it amount to much. The running back course, eh, at best. Yeah, basically that's it. That's all I got on Tampa Bay. Savannah, NFC South, as I dragged that for way too long, go. <laughs> um, I do have the Saints going 12-4. and four. Uh, They don't lose in the Dome. They just That's literally not a thing. So um, I still yeah. think that they're going to be able to go 12-4. and four. I just I believe in this team. I think that Drew Brees is outstanding. He almost beat the quarterback rating, like the highest quarterback rating, until the like last two games last season um he has the highest completion percentage like it's just he's just great and I just his weapons on offense just outweigh how like bad the defense can be on at sometimes um I have the Falcons going 10 and 6 but I don't have them making the playoffs so I think that this is a stacked roster but I don't believe that much in Matt Ryan I don't I don't think that he's going to be able to pull it out um I have the Panthers going seven and nine. Cam Newton's hurt right now. Um, he's expected to play, right. He's expected to play week one. Who even knows? I don't. He's not the same. He had a shoulder injury. I don't think he's going to be the same. Um, and then I have Tampa Bay going four and twelve. That have an okay enough defense maybe to possibly pull out some wins. All right, um, Mr. Langley. Saints going eleven and five. I think this is going to be Drew Brees' last year. After kind of grailed off the end, I can see the decline happening a little bit more, but I can also see he's one of the game's greats. I can see a little Peyton magic with the Saints and riding that Your to the Super Bowl. Isn't as good as that Denver team, though, so I can't see that. Uh, yeah, but Drew Brees is also a little bit better quarterback than Peyton Manning was his last year. Fair enough. I see the drop off starting week seven, but, you know, we're going to we'll, we'll see. I have the Falcons going 10-6 and six and getting a wild card spot. Uh, the Bam boys they have outside is going to lead them to the promised land. Oh, God, there's the bias right there. <laughs> you know, I, I think Matt Ryan's still a top-tier quarterback or middle-tier quarterback. He, he can do enough to win you a game. So Devontae Freeman if he can stay healthy. Uh, Panthers 9-7. and seven. Just ho-hum. Don't expect much from them. And Bucks going 4-12. and 12. Jameis Winston's going to do something stupid, get suspended, get injured. And they'll probably win a couple more games out of that. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I think I think this is Jameis Winston's last contract as possibly a starter in the NFL. I just don't think they're going to re-up for him. Um, the contract they gave Kirk Cousins? Jameis Winston will get a contract somewhere. Just the fact that he's a young quarterback. 
basically. Right. Well, they well, I remember also the Vikings gave Josh Freeman a monster contract, and he played three games for them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> also, for the Saints, Taysom Hill, X-Factor, going to light it up next year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Big Taysom guy. He did good last season. You cut him from our Madden League. Why the hell are you a Taysom guy? I did not cut him. I traded him. You've also had Tyree Jackson, your starting quarterback, for a couple of games. Where's I this? had Tyree Jackson, Jarrett Stidham, Blake Bortles, David Fales, all starting for me at some point. I tried <laughs> to Kevin for a wide receiver to play at quarterback. And I had MVP candidate Carson Wentz. That's basically how our team, our season went. And I lost in the first round because the Madden CPU is all about them memes. All right. You can tell it's a video game because Carson Wentz stayed healthy the whole oh, year. shut up. <laughs> I have like a 75 overall offensive line. I just know how to get rid of the ball. Um, NFC North, and I know we have a Packers fan in the room, so this is going to be an interesting take. Oh, Bas- basically, so, oh my God, I was up, I did this, I redid this division. If you looked at my notepad, there's like 16 things crossed out. I'm going to go in reverse here because this is the, probably the most com- competitive division in the NFL right now. I have the Minnesota Vikings going 7-9. I think that Kirk Cousins is going to revert to Washington Kirk Cousins when he starts shooting himself in the foot. I have the Green Bay, I have the Green Bay Packers going 8-8. Eight eight. Savannah, wait, 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 let me explain. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterback talents that has ever walked this earth. Devontae Adams may be the best route runner I've seen in my lifetime, or at least top three. But that's it. You're, you can't sell me on Aaron Jones. You can't sell me on a ancient Jimmy Graham as much as he's a Kane. And, yes, the defense is good enough where it's going to keep them in a couple games. But when you have to take on the two teams, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and Mike Brown may give me, may give me like a raise when we actually start getting paid because of the pick I'm about to make, I have the Chicago Bears going 9-7 and seven and sneaking their butts into the wild card. I think Mitch Trubisky takes a giant step back. Well, I mean, he played mediocre last year, so basically he's just gonna throw more picks. But they're gonna try to take they're gonna take more of the reins off of him. And basically, you guys watched. I don't know if you guys watched the game against Philadelphia. He threw five should have been picks. They were all dropped. He had one good throw, and it was ba- and basically Cody Parkey scored 95% of their points that game because Trubisky couldn't finish drives. And they tried to replace Jordan Howard, David Montgomery. I'm not sold on this kid. I think he's maybe the fourth best running back in that draft. In the draft for like you want, I would put Sanders, Jacobs, and the kid from uh, uh, L who went to L.A. in front of him. Possibly even the guy who went to Cle- uh, Pittsburgh. Basically, I'm not sold at all on Chicago. I even think Green. Fan to be honest with you, Green Bay could sneak in at nine and seven. I have nine and seven circled with an X mark. If they can figure out how to move the football. Without having to throw 50 times to Devontae Freeman, I mean Devontae uh, Adams, I'll, t- I'll give Green Bay the wild card spot. I think they could beat out Chicago because I think losing Adrian Amos is going to expose Eddie Jackson a little bit on that back end. I'm not, and you know, as much as Khalil Mack is the best pass rusher we've seen in a long time, screen passes can negate a pass rusher. We've seen it for the last 10 years. And finally, at 10 and 6. And somehow squeaking this. This is my this is my super reach. This is where like I people think I'm an in, insane person. But the last time I picked them to win a division, they won. Detroit Lions at ten and six. Now, bear with me. Bear with, <laughs> bear with me. No pun intended. <laughs> Matthew Stafford 
has decent weapons. He also has I love their new tight end in TJ Hucks Hush, Huckinson. I can't pronounce the guy's name. Hawkinson. Hawkinson, whatever. But the X factor of that team is going to be the first run. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be the first running back in, in Lions history since Reggie Bush to run for a thousand yards. By the way, the last time they won the division. Carry on Johnson. I love this kid. I loved him before. He's on my fantasy three of my fantasy teams before he got hurt. Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. With Danny Amendola in the slot is a great combination. I think Matt Patricia's now got his guys. He's got pass rushers. I, I wasn't even the first guy to pick the win the division. Jason McIntyre, Fox Sports 1, did too. And that's what sold me because his explanation was beautiful. And I went and did my research as well, and I was sold. Because I was about to pick the Packers to win at 9-7 or 10-6. and six. But I think the Lions, they play great. And if they can finish the season, they always start off hot. If they can finish the season and keep Stafford upright and keep Johnson healthy – that team, it, as much as they're going to get knocked out in the first or second round, they're a good enough team where they can be a problem for a squad like Chicago, like Minnesota, and like Green Bay. I think I might even I, I might even change Green Bay over Chicago. It's going to be a coin flip to me because I'm just not sold. I think the quarterback play is going to make a difference, and Rodgers is a country mile better than anybody else in the division, but Stafford is a better roster. Also, you have the best man-to-man corner in Darius Slay, besides Jalen Ramsey. So that's what I got. You guys can now rip me apart. Savannah, go first. Um, I'm I'm very upset by your picks, but <laughs> um. Yeah, the Packers I, are obviously going 16 and 0, Jared. <laughs> yeah, but like, what the heck? Why don't you understand this? So <laughs> I have. Yeah, them- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They have a junior college. They have like three guys from a junior college from what is it, Milwaukee best state or whatever, playing a slot receiver now. So, yeah, they're going to be great. Hey, don't knock, Juco. Um, I think that Aaron Rodgers can make almost any receiver tight end look good. I mean, he literally hit like a 67-yard pass against Seattle to a fourth-string tight end for a touchdown So last year. Um, all, right, all right, I will give you that point. But I, maybe all right, the other point I should have made was, Show me their head coach can win games. That's the other yeah. point. Like, I, yeah, I was kind of – when they hired Matt LaFleur, I was kind of shocked. Um, I wanted them to go with Josh um, – someone from the Patriots. Josh McDaniels. Yes, that's who I wanted them to go with, and they didn't. He's not leaving. <laughs> I know. But I have Packers going 11-5. and five. Um, I think that they're going to split with the Vikings and the Bears. I think that they're going to lose to the Chargers and the Chiefs, and – Probably the Eagles because it's at the Eagles. Yeah, um, you can't walk into the linking, walk out with a, with all your teeth. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> um, I That's have the fans. going ten and six, and I have the Vikings going nine and seven, and then the Lions going five and eleven. All right. Oh, it's my turn. Just zoned out. Uh, Bears going twelve and four. No. Yep. I think. David, David's going to like send you a gift basket. I, that's just what I want. He has a ton of followers on Twitter. I'm hoping he has some money. Sends me something nice. Wow, you are such a sellout. I it, know the Bears defense is good, but you really think Trubisky can like lead them to only four losses? Really? Yes, because I can see them sitting at Matt Nagy, sitting him down going, Mitch, screen passes and slant routes. That's <laughs> all we're running. If you throw more than 15 yards downfield, I'm benching you for Chase Daniels. 
<laughs> I think they're going to tell him, don't get in the way of our defense. Their defense can win them games, and Tariq Cohen's a weapon in the backfield. I can see them riding that defense and Chris Blewett's leg to a 12-4 record. And a first-round exit. I didn't say they'd make it out of the first round. I just said they'd go 12-4. Oh, no, they're going to do exactly— If they do make the playoffs by some miracle, they're going to like get knocked out in the first round. You, you, the problem is, and you guys can both attest to this with your your, your teams that both won Super Bowls and mine as well. Basically, your quarterback, if your quarterback sucks, you ain't win a Super Bowl unless you have an all-time defense like the 85 Bears, 2015 uh, Broncos, um, 2000 Ravens. Yeah, exa- exactly. And the 2012 Ravens. <coughs> Joe Flacco sucks. Not elite. Um, <laughs> even the 01 Patriots, like Tom Brady. Tom Brady was younger than me when he won his first Super Bowl. Let's be realistic here. And I love Tom Brady, but that defense is the reason we won. Like, honestly. All right, boys, my draft is started. Boys and girls, my draft is started. I'm a little nervous. I kind of want McCaffrey right now. I'm going to be drafting and running a podcast. This is going to be fun as hell. Yeah, Uh, because you're not distracted enough already. All right, let me go through the rest real quick. Packers, 11-5, wild card spot. I think Matt LaFleur, I love that guy. I think he's going to do really good things for Aaron Rodgers or with Aaron Rodgers. Vikings seven and nine. Their defense is good. Kirk Cousins does not fit into what that offense wants to do, and I think that contract was still horrible. And Lions three and thirteen because Detroit's gonna Detroit. <laughs> All right. Uh, the lack of faith you have is disturbing. Uh, I have zero faith in Matt Stafford. Oh God! Way to jump on Mark's bandwagon, you loser. I I love him to death. I would love to get a beer with him. But I don't have faith in him at quarterback. I but don't even also, I, I really don't. He's a tough SOB. He can make throws, but I, I'm just not sure. Also, I don't think the Lions will ever do anything noteworthy. They couldn't win a Super Bowl with Barry Sanders oh, or Alvin man. Johnson. They're they're cursed for life. I mean, when <sighs> they even won that division, like the nineties? Like, seriously. Like, I don't think there's any chance. No, not at all. Uh, so, yeah. No, I, I, I am I'm thoroughly convinced, Savannah, you've actually talked me into this. And basically, Kevin, I, I can't pick the Bears. I really can't because I am so convinced that Mr. Trubisky is going to think, hey, I'm a second overall pick. I'm going to throw the ball down the field and insert NFL safety here is going to pick it off, run it back to the house <laughs> and every other and then, game. Game manager Chase Daniels going to come in and lead them to the promised land of a first-round exit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, we see him throwing more interceptions than touchdowns, 100%. I could see that. Peyton Manning I mean, did that if, in his if, last if, year. If it's it's going to be like a one-in-one kind of thing, though. Yeah. I Like, I really I'm – about, I'm about to reach for fucking Ty Gurley right now, and, and uh, even though I have the – 16th pick but anyway digress <sighs> nfc west i was gonna actually ask our secret guest about this when she came on nfl network reporter we're gonna talk about that next when she comes on but i have the la rams going 11 5 i just i can't pick against them i really can't i i want to but it's hard for me and i'm about to pick Devonte adams right now and i just did um Basically, Jerry, I cannot. Oh my god, I hate that I'm picking wide receivers, but we are in a PPR league, so I might actually be okay. I'm just old school. I love running the football, but um, basically, 
I have the LA Rams. Todd Gurley will be healthy. I am a firm believer that McVay will be okay with them. I just I can't go against my gut feeling that the Rams, yes, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to probably go back to the NFC title game. They may, but they're going to get smoked, whoever they play, because Sean McVay clearly can't win in clutch games. It's two years in a row he's lost in big games that matter. I still love them to win this division because San Francisco is going to go 10-6. and six. They're going to be a good team, but I think that Jimmy Garoppolo may miss a game or two with an injury. I love that roster, though. Uh, next up, I have the Seattle Seahawks going 8-8. Eight and eight. I think Russell Wilson is going to win about eight games, and the rest of that team is going to lose them eight games. I just There's nothing really left there. I mean, yeah, you have a couple good receivers. DK Metcalf is going to put up monster numbers. I really think him going to Seattle is the best possible place for him to go. They made Doug Baldwin look like a pro bowler. He was undrafted. There you go. And last but not least, I have the Arizona Cardinals going 3-13 and because Kyler Murray's a bust. And <laughs> that's all I got. I just I don't see this working. Cliff Kingsbury's offense looked awful. And it was supposed to be like the, the, the week where you see all of the good teams come up. But I'm not seeing the good plays and the good receivers and all this other stuff. So that's what I got for... Arizona. Savannah, what do you got for the West? Um, I completely agree with you. I think everyone is so high on Kyler Murray, and it honestly pisses me off because he just I just don't think he's gonna be good. Like he there's no way. I don't I don't believe in him at all. I have them going three and thirteen as well. But I do have the Rams going eleven and five. I think that Cooper Cup coming back and being healthy and staying healthy throughout the throughout the season, they could there's no way that you can bet against them going anything less than 11 and five. Um, I have the Seahawks going 10, 10 and six, sneaking in in a wild card. And um, who am I missing? Um, San Fran and Arizona. Oh, uh, San Francisco. I have them going five and 11. I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be as good as everyone says that he's going to be. He's looked awful in the preseason so far. So if he plays like that, they're probably going to lose. Probably going to win less than five games. Oof. And then Arizona going 3-13. and All righty. Uh, Mr. Langley. Rams 12-4. and four. Think they're too good. Seahawks 10-6. and six. Missed the playoffs. Uh, 49ers 8-8. Eight and eight. I am a Jimmy Garoppolo faithful. If he can stay healthy, uh, 49ers will have a decent year. Nothing special. And, yeah, Cardinals 3-13. and 13. It's hard to throw an accurate ball when you can't see over your offensive line. <laughs> okay. By the way, Kevin is, what, 5'7", Kev? Yes, but I'm also not an NFL quarterback. I'm 5'11". I'm Baker Mayfield's height. Uh, Kyler Murray is about a half an inch taller than Kevin. That's terrifying to me. And, buddy, I love you, but I cannot see – I can't even see over an offensive line. I couldn't in my flag league this year. So, basically – that's terrifying to me. And the guy weighs a buck eighty, buck ninety soaking wet. I can't do this. I, I he's gonna be injured every other game. Mm. Yeah, their line is awful. And he's gonna be running for his damn life. And I just I I can't in good conscience think and the poor guy's he's gonna go back to baseball after his first contract. I guarantee it. Because the guy's gonna be like, There's no hope in this roster. I'm gonna be considered a bust and I can go play baseball and I'm not gonna have to deal with this anymore. I think um, Kyler Murray, not in who they are as people and what they do in their free time, but kind of the player he is, the player he was in college, and how good he was, it reminds me of Johnny Manziel. Fair. He's a small, 
thin, fast quarterback who's used to being able to run around everyone and even some cornerbacks and small cornerbacks running over them to get into the end zone. You can't do that in the NFL. He's going to try to run over some cornerback and just get popped. Oh, yeah. He's going to like, you know, he'll, he'll maybe go against uh, New England and he'll try to get like Gil- Gilmore is going to run straight. I mean, Gilmore being a long, lanky guy, same thing. It's just any type like that. It's basically the guy's too small. I can't – there's no, there's no way I could see this working unless they magically sign like eight offensive linemen off the street. <laughs> like three – five to start and three to back up the guys who are probably going to get injured. Um, So for playoffs, I have the number one seed Philadelphia – and the number two seed, L.A. I have Atlanta and Detroit taking on San Fran and Dallas. I have Detroit beating Dallas, and I have Atlanta beating San Fran. I have Atlanta losing to L.A., and I have Detroit uh, losing to Philly. And Philly, L.A., and surprise, surprise, I have my Eagles going to the Super Bowl to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the probably a another shootout of biblical proportions. Savannah, what do you got? Well, I have... First, like the Rams and the Seahawks, uh, Rams winning that game. Bears versus Eagles, I have the Eagles winning that game. Um, go to the second round, Saints versus Eagles, I have the Saints winning. Packers versus Rams, I have the Rams probably honestly blowing them out. And then the Saints versus Rams for the NFC Championship, um, I think the Saints are back for a vengeance, and I have them in the Super Bowl. Fair enough. Mr. I Langley, fire I have the Rams and the Bears, first round buys. I have the Saints beating the Falcons, NFC South Showdown. I have the Eagles playing the Packers, and I have the Packers beating the Eagles. Woo! Kevin then I have next round, Bears-Saints. Saints sneak out a win up in Soldier Field. I have the Rams probably blowing out the Packers. Yeah. They got one win. That's more than some people probably expect. Saints-Rams, NFC Championship, round two. Think Saints are gonna be pissed and they don't want to be putting that situation in. They're just gonna do whatever they can to get up by as many points as possible and come out with a win. And then Saints NFC champions. Alrighty. Um. So now that leads us to our Super Bowl predictions. Um, Savannah, you had the Chargers take. Oh, and Savannah, did you do your uh, predictions yet? I'm sorry, I can't remember. My brain's fried right now. I'm trying to do three thousand things at once. Yes. Okay, who does she have winning the NFC? She had the Rams, right? Saints. Saints? All right, so your prediction was Saints versus Chargers. Who you got winning the Super Bowl? Uh, Saints. All righty. Kevin? I had Pat Saints, and I have Drew Brees riding off into the sunset with a big old L in the Super Bowl. Pats take it. All righty. I have Eagles, Chiefs, and my fan bias is telling me no. My logic is telling me no, and my gut is telling me no. I want to. And pick I'm the telling Chiefs. you no. Yeah, I want to pick the Chiefs so badly here. Uh, but if here's the asterisk, I have the Philadelphia Eagles if Carson Wentz can stay healthy. If I don't. Carson, I don't think he can do that with that team. Well, the I'm off, just being honest. Wait, are you talking roster 51 through 53, or are you talking the offensive line, Savannah? I, I have to seriously ask this. I'm talking about the whole team in general. I just I think I know Wentz is good, but I just feel like he's been injured so much that he's gonna take their team the team to the playoffs. But I just there's I just don't believe in him that much to be able to win the Super Bowl. All right, I will. I respect the fact that you are calling out the host. I I actually do. I I will. I see your point, 
but maybe it's because I follow Eagles camp increasingly. I follow film. I watch the players. Basically, you're going to be surprised at how well Philadelphia's defense plays this year. Like, I probably will draft them higher than I should in my fantasy league because of how well they're built for what Jim Schwartz likes as a defensive coordinator. And I love the speed. All their cornerbacks are rockets. So guys like teams like KC, they're going to struggle against physical receivers. So if they do play a team like New England in the playoffs, they are going to struggle. But I also could see them putting up ridiculous numbers against um, a lot of teams because like in not giving up a lot of points. Because the thing is, their, their one weak spot on their team that is a question mark to me is their middle linebacker. And I think Zach Brown will be a serviceable pick until they go and grab my boy Shaq Quarterman out of the U next year in the draft. But I, I in good conscience, I think that Mahomes is going to be able to squeak his way through shootout after shootout until it comes up. Oh wait, I have to play a team with a good defense now that actually can run a young athletic defense. I think he might squeak out one against New England, but I think against Philadelphia, it might be just the last one over. It may not even be Philadelphia. They if Wentz goes out, they might not even make the playoffs or maybe a wild card team. that I'm looking at L.A. or Atlanta making the Super Bowl. So that's what I got. I was just rolling with Carson Wentz. Any defense like that is going to be able to hold Mahomes. I mean, like honest, like I mean, he literally can score like sixty points a game, no matter how bad his defense is. Like I don't think that most defenses are going to be able to stop him from scoring a lot of points. I I see your point. I really do. I just in my the way I look at everything top or bottom, I love the, the, the most underrated signs them was Ronald Darby coming back in a prove it deal. The guy, the, basically the guy was our shutdown corner last year and it was the sweet moves of Amari Cooper that basically shattered his leg. And you, if, if it wasn't for that, Philadelphia probably would have won that game because basically they had to put Roswell Douglas on Amari Cooper and Douglas is a run stopping corner at best. I do think with Avante Max, who was the top-rated cornerback in last year's rookie class, um, and Craven LeBlanc, the only quarterback, by the way, to pick corner to pick off Drew Blizzard in the playoffs. I am, Yes, I'm reaching on guys you've never even heard of. I just think when t- 1 through 53, Philadelphia has the firepower to go toe-to-toe with Kansas City, and Peterson versus Reed – I'm pick, taking the head coach who's actually beaten the devil in the Super Bowl, not the one who threw threw the head McNabb throw the ball to Rodney Harrison. So there you go. And now, finally, in our last thing, we have our awards. Ladies and germs, I have my award winners. I am very confident in them. So for MVP, my favorite is going to be Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to light up teams. The Browns are going to lose a couple games because of just being the Browns, but I think he's going to be the darling of the media like Mahomes was last year, and it's going to be this great, (laughs) I don't even know, just this spectacle of just fun like football to watch with Cleveland. They're going to be the darling. Cleveland's going to make the playoffs again. They're winning the division for the first time since the 90s. I love it. I really do. I think he wins the division. Kevin, who do you have MVP? MVP, I I was second guessing it, but I'm just gonna roll my gut. Drew Brees, he's come right. close a few times. I think this is gonna be finally his year. I think Patrick Mahomes defenses will 
figure them out as best they can, and they don't like giving it to the consecutive guys. So I think they're finally going to know, you know what, Drew, this is probably going to be your last year. Here you go, your MVP. All right. Savannah, who do you got for MVP? I have Drew Brees, too. I think that if he really takes his team, though, I know you're not technically supposed to count the playoffs, but I think if he does as well as he did last season and takes his team like as far as he can to the Super Bowl, I think that he's going to be able to do it. His completion percentage is really high. He always has a high quarterback rating. I just think that he's going to be the superstar of the NFL this season. Nice. Um, I, I, I agree. And now we switch to – our comeback player of the year. And basically, and don't throw bias at this because basically I struggle with this for a minute, but <laughs> I really had to struggle not to take Carson Wentz. And I did. I think he's going to have his comeback year. I think he'll stay upright. He may get dinged up a little bit. He may have a game where he looks a little limpy, whatever. I'm going to freak out. But he, this is him proving. And by the way, both of his injuries, if you want to go back and look at the tape, they were both freak injuries. The back was Demarcus Lawrence's helmet going straight into his back on a blindside hit, and the knee was Mark Barron essentially tanking his knee out on an up-and-under tackle, which was should have been a flag, but what I'm not going to split hairs there. And the guy threw a touchdown on a bro- blown ACL to the next play. So basically, I am all in on this. I love the whole – I love this whole, like, setup with, um, with the Eagles getting this uh, – Back to the playoffs. I really do. So, and I love Wentz leading the way. Kevin, comeback player of the year. Uh, it's going to be Rob Gronkowski. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I struggled with this. I couldn't pick just one. I have three guys who I think could win it. Okay. I think Carson Wentz has a chance to win it. If he can stay healthy, come back, do. I don't know if he'll be able to do what he did his the year he almost won MVP. But I, if he plays reasonably well, I think he'll get it. If Matt LaFleur can do what I think he can do with Aaron Rodgers, I can see Aaron Rodgers getting it. Then my dark horse pick here is Josh Gordon. If he can stay off the weed, he <laughs> I might pick him actually right now. He's on my draft board. <laughs> I might pick Josh Gordon. It's him between Tim, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, and Tyler Boyd. But then I just realized I was trying to pick a Cincinnati receiver, and I just took it off my queue. Go with Ridley. But I think Brady loves Josh Gordon. They worked out together in the offseason. There are pictures of him throwing passes. I think if he plays the whole year, he's going to have a monster year with the Patriots. All right. Savannah, comeback player of the year. Um, I'm going to take Cooper Cup just because I think his chemistry with Jared Goff last season was um, outstanding before he tore his ACL. He had like over 500 receiving yards and six touchdowns in the seven games that he, seven or eight games that he played. So I think that he's going to come out and be even better than he was last year. I can't knock that. I th- I loved Cooper Cup. He drove me insane when we played the, the Rams. The guy is a great route runner, and he's the security blanket for Jared Goff because basically the tight end, the tight end position at the Rams is always an open door. Um, coach of the year, I um, I was gonna throw you. It's really I was I didn't even put this down. I don't even know if you guys really want to attack this one because basically it's gonna be whoever wins the the has the best record in the league unless it's a surprise team. If you guys really want to tackle this, I'll do it. I'll, I'm going to say Matt Patricia just because I have the Lions winning the damn division. 
because he's, I think he's going to surprise everyone if they do win this. But um, other than that, I could see uh, maybe a, a Peterson or a Peyton. I have Freddie Kitchens. I could see that too as well. Uh, made the Browns relevant. Also, I hate Coach of the Year. Bill Belichick has never won it, and he should have won it at least once. Yeah, I actually agree with that pick because I'm a little like he's won six Super Bowls. Kind of yeah, a, like of all the years of all Super Bowls he's won, you're telling me at no point were you like, yeah, he's probably the best coach. Oh, he's 100 percent the best coach, but I feel like they don't look at that kind of stuff when they're making this pick. They kind no, of look I don't at the team mean, like wasn't as good last year, and then like was outstanding. The Patriots have always been a double-digit win team, so for them, like they're, I feel like he's never really in mind when it comes to that. I don't mean like, oh, he's won five Super Bowls, so we have to give it to him next year. He's won six now; he should get it this year. I mean, like, look at each individual season. They went 16 and 0 in 07. Probably should have gotten it then. They went 11 and 5 the next year with a backup. Probably could have gotten it then. It's biased, and I hate it. <laughs> That's, I knew he was going to go off on this because Belichick's never won. So I knew he was going to do this. I did this purely for entertainment value. You're welcome, buddy. Thanks. Kevin's going to go home and throw like pictures, a, 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 a picture of me and throw darts at it for about an hour. <laughs> You think my dad trusts me with sharp objects? <laughs> Come on, Stone Cold Steve loves you. Yeah, I know, and he also knows I'll probably put one in my eye or something by accident. You're not Drew. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Drew is a mutual friend of ours. That's why it's a funny joke. And I also my cousin. Um, rookie of the year for the AFC. Wait, Savannah, did you do your coach of the year? I'm sorry, my brain is in three different spots at once, and this is awful. It's like the fourth time I've done that. <laughs> No, it's okay. Um, I'm going to be very biased, and I'm going to say Matt LaFleur just because the Packers missed the playoffs the last two seasons um, under Mike McCarthy, and now they're bringing in a new head coach, and I have them going 11-5 and and winning the division. So I think if that's the thing, if that actually happens, then he's going to probably be a frontrunner for it. I just got a threatening text from Drew, uh, Kevin, because I took Baker Mayfield to pick ahead of him. Um, Basically... I agree with that because if the Packers do end up being as good as you say they're going to be, he deserves it all, all, all. No jokes aside, because Mike McCarthy clearly couldn't do it, and this guy clearly has something special. Right. So, I I could see that happening. Um. Next up, we have offensive defense rookie of the years for the AFC and NFC. Um. I'm actually going to pick T.J. Hawkinson. Is my Runner is my go-ahead for the offensive. Oh no, it's only for the it's only for the conference actually. It's for all the league. So offensive rookie of the year, I have T.J. Hawkinson, and my dark horse is Miles Sanders. Uh, I just think Sanders is gonna. Well, let me explain my dark horse. Hawkinson, I think is just gonna get a ton of targets from Safford, and he's gonna light the league up. I think he's just a he's a Gronk 2.0 with a little less speed. Uh, and with Sanders, I just think he's gonna get a ton of looks and. You're gonna see a lot more. Um, you're just gonna see a lot of him. Jordan Howard might not even play meaningful snaps by week 13. I think he was there just to groom Sanders once they realized they got him, because I think that was the there that he was the number one running back on the draft board anyway. Uh, what do you guys got for offensive rookie of the year? The offensive rookie of the year, I have Josh Jacobs. I think that he's a stud. He didn't play much in Alabama, so he doesn't have a lot of miles on his legs. And I think 
that if if Antonio Brown's not there, I can see the Raiders running the ball a lot. And then Dark Horse, Nikhil Harry, Patriots took him the first round. They don't do that with wide receivers. This kid has to be something special to be taken that early by this team. So I can see him also doing well with the Patriots. All righty. I, I like Harry. I like him with Brady because the dude basically is just a giant, like, ball magnet. Um, Savannah, offensive rookie of the year, who you got? Um, I have Josh Jacobs as well. I think that since the Raiders actually released Doug Martin, I think that Josh Jacobs is going to get a hell of a lot more carries than I um, expected. Um, he has – he didn't – yeah, he didn't play a lot in Alabama, but he has a crazy ability to push through – like lines and make holes that like literally aren't there. And Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington are just not going to do it for the Raiders. So I think he's going to be a standout person and probably a front runner. I, you know what? I, I love this kid's story. I think if you don't like his story, you have no soul. <laughs> Basically the guy lived in his car for those of you who don't know mm-hmm. and at a certain age and then goes to Alabama and lights it the hell up as Kevin can attest to. And he comes from a long line of those dominant running backs in um, in Alabama. So I'm all for it. I love the Josh Jacobs pick. I'd love to see him win it. Defensive Rookie of the Year. I went a little off script here. I took I, I took Josh Allen. I loved him in the preseason for Jacksonville. The dude is a monster. And he's just so fast and quick. He reminds you a little bit of a certain other Buffalo product. I'm not going to say he's as good as uh, as good as Khalil Mack. He's got a lot of Khalil Mack-esque traits. And he's just su- and he's just a good – he's a great fat team. I think in Jackson he's going to flourish, especially with those corners. He's going to get a lot of sacks very quickly. I have Quinnen Williams. I think he's a stud. He's a little undersized, but I don't think it's really going to matter. I think he's going to anchor that Jets defense for a long time. He was unbelievable in college. I loved watching him. And then I have a kind of dark horse, not really. It's Nick Bosa. If he can stay healthy, I can see him winning it too. No. (laughs) I don't think he's going to stay healthy. I just don't think it's possible. That's why I put on there the qualifier, if he can stay healthy. Right. Um, I have... Um, I think the Raiders are going to have it on both sides. I have Clean, Clean, Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, I, I, think I love him too. Are, I think a lot of people are mad that they picked him at number four, and I was actually really excited about it. I think he did really good in college. Um, I think he's going to be able to work on both sides, like from sideline to sideline, literally, like, and be able to get like stats like racked up really quickly because like the Raiders defense is just not good, like at all. And I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna light it up. I agree. I had one dark horse though. Uh, Devin Bush, Pittsburgh. Um, he just, I just love the pick. I loved, I was kind of pissed. He didn't fall to us at, uh, 26. The guy who, um, Tampa replaced Devin, uh, what was his name? The guy who lit up the combine. Uh, on defense? Yeah, number five pick, and it's going to kill me. I can't think of it right oh, now. isn't it Devin White? Devin White? Yeah, yeah Devin White. I love Devin White, too, but basically I'm just – I look at that roster from top to bottom, and I can't – I just I love what he does because the Steelers always pick good linebackers. 
And if they believe in this kid enough to essentially make him the replacement for Ryan Shazier, who I am so happy that he's making a full recovery, it just is a great thing to me. So I love Devin Bush. I love what I saw from him early in the preseason. That's my dark horse. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, at a our longest podcast ever, which is a good sign because we clearly had a lot to say today and a lot of scripts by me trying to do 3,000 things at once and run six hours of sleep. We had a great time today. Savannah, thank you for uh, your first uh, debut on the uh, on the Corner Booth podcast. We loved having you. Um here. Shout out to our boy Mark for coming on. By the way, we didn't do a proper send-off to Mark. For those of you who don't know, Mr. Riley, this is our last call, by the way, so kick that smooth jazz. Mr. Riley was my original sidekick. He kept me from going on long rants and sometimes encouraged them by dropping a gasoline bomb on a fire. Uh, basically, Mark was my number two when this all started. He, you know, had a lot to do with schedule. It really, he was trying to, you know, make improve his life situation and everything else. So basically, we Kevin stepped in and stepped up, and now Kevin has been promoted to my full time co host. And Mark has done so much for us off camera with social media, setting up accounts, doing snippets, and he has so much for belly up. So really, we want to give Mark a little shout out today. He's gonna hear this when he does our edits, our snippet tomorrow. Mark, thank you so much for what you've done for us, buddy, and we love having you come back on. And that about wraps it up, folks. NFL previews, please reference this podcast because basically when all my picks are right every damn week and you guys all lose to me during our picks column, I'll be laughing hysterically when you have to explain them um, every Tuesday during the season. But folks, that wraps it up for me, Jared, Savannah, and Kevin, and Mr. Riley. want to thank you guys for joining us today. We'll see you guys soon. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your hosts on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.